Natalie Hamlin with Real Agriculture, and I am joined by Dr. Tanzi, an entomologist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. How are you doing today? Very well, thank you. Awesome. So you presented on um, kind of the entomology issues going on in Saskatchewan here. So um, what kind of insect pest forecast do you have for 2023 and what kind of problems are you expecting? I think one of the major issues that we're anticipating is further grasshopper pressure. Of course, uh, 2022 was characterized by a lot of uh, localized hotspots of grasshoppers, uh, some requiring multiple applications of insecticides. So uh, conditions are looking pretty favorable both from uh, the numbers of grasshoppers that were detected as part of our formal survey uh, and the warm dry conditions that characterized the latter part of the summer. So this meant the girls could get, the girls could get a lot of eggs into the ground and uh, those eggs could fare fairly well. Everything of course depends on the conditions in the spring. If uh, we have cool wet weather that can knock the population back and that's really what we're hoping for in May delay seeding of course but you know, it, uh, the, the benefits of, of reducing grasshopper populations could outweigh that. So if it's warm and dry in the spring, I think we probably have further grasshopper pressures to look forward to. Um, so is there anything new in terms of research and commercialization that will help with the flea beetles in problem areas? Um, in your presentation, you mentioned uh, some of the seed treatments that are effective. Can you dive into that topic for us? Yeah, I mean, we've got we've got you know, multiple modes of action for, for flea beetles. Uh, um, from a research perspective, I can't comment on what industry is doing, uh, you know, with the, with their pipeline. But with with the the commercial commercially available seed treatments right now, we've got materials in in uh, uh, group four A or the neonicotinoids. Uh, there are also uh, um, products that include uh, uh, um, you know, insecticides in group four C, and a newer one in four D, one called uh, Buteo Start. Um, where results are, are very good uh, for that one. Um, we've also got uh, um, insecticidal group 28 or the diamides and uh, these offer excellent protection against uh, animals like cutworms or so members of the, the order Lepidoptera but also increase uh, the efficacy for flea beetles uh, and um, so I think yeah, yeah, these, these products all told are efficacious a number of different mixes of, of these products are available, a number of different co-packs. Uh, so generally, generally uh, good efficacy with these seed treatment products. So there's been a lot of conversation about flea beetles with the Lambda Psi kind of drama and the industry there. But yeah. um, with flea beetle resistance, can you discuss some trends that um, maybe to watch out for that are occurring in Europe? You kind of touched on that in your presentation. Yeah, I think uh, I'll, I'll defer to uh, uh, Dr. Boyd Morey at the University of Alberta. He and his uh, postdoctoral fellow are looking at group three resistance in flea beetle populations. So we've submitted some, some samples of, of our flea beetles in Saskatchewan, as has uh, uh, um, the Manitoba Ministry of Agriculture, uh, and no group three resistance detected to date, which is really encouraging. Uh, so the, the work on group four, I believe, is planned, but I'm going to defer to Boyd on, on how that work is, uh, how that work is, uh, is furthering. I, th I think an important consideration is, is some of the work that was done uh, by a number of individuals, myself included, going back to you know, 2007, 2008, was that there are differences in the susceptibilities of our two major species. Uh, both to the group 4As or the Neonex and the group 28. So um, where striped flea beetle is less susceptible to these uh, insecticides, this isn't an issue of uh, selecting for resistance. It's more an issue of tolerance. They're, they really come out of the box prepared to be less susceptible to these insecticides. 
So in your presentation, you talked a little bit about um, the deregulation of strychnine for ground squirrel control. Um, what are some of the alternatives that we're looking at for that? So we, we collaborated with uh, Alberta Agriculture uh, on some sites in southern Saskatchewan and southern Alberta uh, to look at some of the alternatives for strychnine. Of course, uh, PMRA has indicated that they won't support the registration of strychnine past uh, March 4 of this year. So any use past March 4 is, strictly speaking, against the law. So we're asking people if, if they do have strychnine in store to not use it past that date. Uh, there are registered alternatives though and we, so we evaluated uh, four other products uh, and these included these were all ready to use formulations. So there were two zinc phosphide products so that is ZP uh, uh, rodent oat bait ag and burrow oat bait. These are ready to use uh, coated oat uh, formulations so stick a spoon in a bag, fire it down the hole. They're very easy to use. Uh, and we also looked at a couple of anticoagulant products. So that is uh, Rosal RTU and Ramic Green. Um, the ones that fare the best uh, for ground squirrel control, you know, hitting that sweet spot of about 70% population reduction or greater, uh, were strychnine. Uh, and uh, there were no differences between strychnine and uh, the zinc phosphide products. Um, so the zinc phosphide products were highly efficacious. So we, we, we recommend that growers get in touch with their retailers, see, see if they can get a hold of these products, and it's my understanding that these products should be available. So what are some of the cost differences between strychnine and those zinc phosphide products? So we, we did an economic analysis based on the highest recommended rate uh, of use. So uh, strychnine fell into about uh, $13 an acre, and that includes the oat bait that you would mix it with. Uh, the zinc phosphide products were actually less expensive with, uh, and came in at $4.40 and $8.80. Uh, so, I mean, either product is an excellent alternative to strychnine. You get great efficacy, and they're actually less expensive. There's also uh, another factor that I think contributes to our recommending them, and that is um, uh, reduced prevalence of residues. Uh, of course, zinc phosphide breaks down into phosphine gas, which outgasses. You know, it does it does so in, in an acidic environment, like an like an animal's gut, and um, and so it represents less of a, a potential hazard for non-target non-target poisoning. Um, that said, uh, strychnine is still a good product uh, and uh, represents a low risk to non for non-target poisoning when used according to label instructions. And what type of resources do you guys have for producers to be looking at for some of the like pest data? So uh, the, the ministry participates in or coordinates uh, several surveys for several important insect pests. Uh, primary amongst these include the cabbage seed pod weevil and this one is actually led by AFC, but with you know significant contribution from the ministry. Uh, this year's data indicates that we've actually seen a retraction of that population, both geographically and in numbers, which is encouraging for 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 an invasive invasive pest. Uh, the actual mechanism that's associated with re this retraction is still uncertain, uh, but we you know we're, we're looking closely at it. Uh, another another uh, insect that's actually increased in prevalence in recent years is pea leaf weevil, or this in the recent. In, in the past year. And we've seen a dramatic increase in the numbers of these. Uh, and of course, this is an important pea and faba pest. Uh, and we've seen a, a dramatic increase in these in particularly in the northeast of the province, but eastern regions. Uh, and finally, uh, another important pest um, that we produce maps for is the, uh, the uh, wheat midge. Uh, and it's looking that, like that one is, uh, is uh, uh, increased over, uh, over the previous year. 
particularly in northern and central regions. You know, those regions that were characterized by pretty timely rains. Uh, so that is more than five millimeters before the end of May. Really, really essential for that animal. So. Yeah, sounds great. Thank you for sharing those resources with me. Oh, of course. I, I, could also, I could also ask that in addition to the ministry website, we also compile data with other provincial ministries. And uh, all of that is available on the Prairie Pest Monitoring Network website. <music>